That record got me high is proud to be sponsored by Is This Tomorrow. Is This Tomorrow is a weekly web comic produced by Woody Compton and Kelly Shane and featuring the bizarre antics taking place at the Zorro News Channel. Is This Tomorrow is available at isthistomorrow.com. That's isthistomorrow.com. That record got me high, and Is This Tomorrow bring you Peter Castillo discussing his memories of working with Sylvester. Hello. Hi, Peter. It's Bobby Joe. How's it going? Hi. I'm here with uh, Barry and Rob. Yeah. Hey, Peter. How are you? Hi, Peter. How are you? Hello, guys. How are you doing? Well, good, good. Excited about um, your your project over there. Um, I'm really happy about it, and, and um, honored to to be able to to share with you some of my uh, uh, memories of such a great person. I grew up in San Francisco, and and um, Sylvester, I, I, I believe, around 1974 or so, he. Uh, came to uh, San Francisco from Watts, LA, and we—I I happened to had a, a back then had a friend, uh, Marla McCoy, who was uh, very dear to me, uh, and uh, they were friends uh, from LA, and so at some point we we connected and uh, and and became friends. Um, it was, I think, probably the most fascinating time. Uh, to to see him because he was um, on a mission. You know, yeah. he was coming from real bad times in LA yeah. because he took all these liabilities and all these um, um, bad times that he had been yeah. through. He took all of these stigmas as, uh, of society and 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 put him to work for him. Uh, he was he was uh, determined. You know, he was. He was on a mission, and that was so inspiring. Uh, well, he was really uh, how warm and kind and generous uh, and, and, and humble, I think yeah. is a good word. Yeah. But like he told Marla and I one night when we were having beers, he said, you know, I come from nothing, so yeah. I'm entitled to everything. <laughs> and, and that was profound. It was clear to him that there was a future ahead. How I got to know him, Yeah. Uh, thanks to Marla. Marla was uh, transgender. You know, Marla was a showgirl at a nightclub in San Francisco called Finocchio's. You know, he could put on lipstick and false eyelashes and one of his famous headpieces. Uh, and and he would uh, he was a seamstress. If you could share him the story of the of the glue gun and all you need is a mind girl. That's my favorite story. <laughs> Marla and I were hanging out because uh, she, she had been asked by by the owners of, at Pinocchio to to come up with new designs for a new show that they were going. They were because I was also a dancer at that point. Uh, we were in, we were over at Marla's, uh, going through some sketches and, and looking at some 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 head pieces. Uh, for the showgirls and 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 not not and uh, she opened the door and there was Lady Dooney uh, and 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 this was uh, my very first contact with Sylvester and and he was like bigger than God he was very 
he was very tall. And he just pranced in and, and <laughs> like he owned the place. And he just joined in and started looking through the sketches and throwing this one out and throwing that one out. This is good. Throw that away. That, was, that will never work. And Marlon and I were looking at each other like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we were t working on this headpiece that was giving us a lot of problems. And we didn't know what the heck to do with it. And he said, look, you, could, you know, you girls are just doing this all wrong. Marla gave me a, a shopping bag, a plastic bag, and, and, and she, okay, so she went to the kitchen, got that. And, and then uh, he told me, okay, sit down, Miss Thing. So I sat down, and he put the bag on my head, and then I thought, okay, what is he going to do? Um, uh, suffocate me? I, I didn't know. But, and then he said to Marla, I said, okay, give me that, give me that roll of masking tape over there. And, and he started uh, taping the masking tape over the plastic bag that was sitting on my head uh -huh. until it was completely covered. And then he asked for a pair of shears when there yeah. were plenty layers of, of the tape. And then he started to cut around my ear and my, yeah. my forehead and my neck, the back of my head, until we had a what, what looked like a, a swimming cap. <laughs> and he said, okay, now you can work on the headpiece and yeah. you can put anything. So he took a piece of, I, I, there was some, some metallic fabric uh, and, and some sequins, all, all this stuff that Marla had laying around. And he said, okay, give me the blue gun. Blue gun. And he took the blue gun and he, he just started to pile up stuff on top of this, um, this, this, uh, headpiece. Yeah. Um, and, and voila, we had this tailor made headpiece onto which you could just about stack anything and everything. <laughs> you know, we, we looked at each other, we looked at each other like, oh Lord, in five minutes he did all of that and yeah. we were working for hours and <laughs> yeah. couldn't come up with anything. Yeah. And he just swaps, you know, his drove in, gets a plastic bag, puts it around my head, yeah. gets some masking tape, wraps it around my head, cuts around it, glues, you know, gets a glue gun. You knew where it was going. Yeah, okay, he was making, okay, a, he was, so he was you, making a, a form for your head. He was making a form. He yeah. was, what he called it was a foundation, is what yeah, he yeah. called it. Because yep. now you got the foundation to build on. And, you, and it, it because fits that's you. exactly what you did. Yeah, yeah and exactly. it fits you. It was so resemblant of who he was because he came from the street. So he had learned, he had learned to create his own costumes from nothing. Yeah. Which right. is what made it so fascinating. Everybody's proper, quick, but I know you're yeah, already recording. Uh, yeah, I'm already recording, but we haven't really started. Tinkle so. of champagne there glasses. We Welcome everyone to another episode of That Record Got Me High. That is Barry Stock. That is Rob Elba. All right, and before we get into the uh, show proper, I just want to do some uh, some housekeeping here. We have uh, a patrons. We have our newest patrons. We have Miss Trish. Mahoney Thank is a you, new Trish. patron, and we have Joe Griffin, I believe it's Griffin, all the way from London, England. We, thank you, Joe. Yeah, thank you, Joe, for being a patron, and you too can go to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH and become a patron of the show. Do it. it it's apparently the thing to do, because people in England are doing it. Yeah, now. we will take, yes, we don't, <laughs> we don't discriminate based on um, location, so. Right, right, we don't. We, we, in fact, we love. We, Eastern we Europe. We're yeah. ready. We're ready for your Patreon contributions. The, uh, the, the more distance you are from us, the further away, the better <laughs> we'll like you. Um, all right. So, Barry, what do we got going on tonight? We have a special guest. What are we talking about? We are going far afield of our ordinary <laughs> really um, rock and roll <laughs> or alternative rock choices. We have tonight my um, good friend Bobby Joe here from uh, in Hollywood, Florida, and she is a... Disco evangelist, and she is bringing. What are you bringing, Bobby Joe? Oh, Sylvester. And which record by Sylvester? Step two. 
That's welcome, right. Welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you. And I will, let me just say right off the bat, I want to tell people, if don't don't stop this yet. Give this a chance because I believe me, I was in um, a tenth grade, Miramar High School. I wore a, a disco suck shirt to school. Of and course my, you did. And I'll never. Well, I did. Did you? All right. Let's, I didn't have one. No, sorry. But did you not think disco secret, sucked at no, some time? I, you were mm-hmm. always a disco fan. I was kind of a disco fan. All right. Yes, I guess I could along. see that. I can yeah. see. That. All right. But I did wear a disco suck shirt my, in my uh, Spanish two class, Mrs. Garcia. No bueno. Roberto, <laughs> no bueno. I had to turn it inside out. Yeah. But that was my thing because the thing is. It was, I understand. Disco is dance. It's about, it, it's basically dance music and I'm not a dancer. Now, Barry, you are a dancer. I am a dancer. <laughs> no, I like just, to dance. I like dance music. I especially, I love gay disco. I love to listen to gay disco. So. Okay. Bobby Joe, I'm assuming you're a dancer. You wore your dance shoes. Yes, here. but yeah. I cannot tell you how actually punk this is to disrupt. This podcast, yeah, right in the middle after like Black Flag yeah. and Cheap Trick, <laughs> here down. comes Big Sylvester, That's and right. this is so exciting. Yeah. yeah, and I also want to tell listeners stick with it because this, truth be told, this album is not all straight uh, uh, disco, not at disco. all. No. No. I would say it maybe has three real mm-hmm. disco songs, right. and then a lot of it is like so. A lot of it is like, funk. do you like Prince? Because if exactly. you like Prince, you're probably gonna like Sylvester. And I never, I'd always, I obviously I've heard of Sylvester. And, and when listening to this, the first song, I said, "Oh, I've heard that. I know that because uh, oh yeah, that song. I guess it was huge in the '70s. It you was make me plus feel some mighty real. Um, uh, what's his name from Bronski Beat? Oh, it, he uh, uh, covered it. Right, he, he made a, a cover, cover of it that I think it. was a hit as and well. He, it was in a film too. It was in uh, some. Uh, I wish I should have that here. It was in a movie. Uh, but anyway, Sylvester. I I knew about Sylvester, but I didn't. In doing the homework, I realized well, right. this, this guy was obviously very, the real deal and very, significant. Very significant. Very influential. You could yeah. tell he influenced a lot of other people. Yeah. Uh, great voice, like this falsetto, mm-hmm. like this. All right, convincing. So, uh, not like not like where you go. Oh, that's a oh, guy no. singing falsetto. Authentic. Falsetto, like yeah. authentic, convincing falsetto, exactly. Yeah. All right, so uh, Bobby Joe, so you were were you always into disco? No, actually, um, growing up, I actually was into punk rock. Like you were, I was into I punk rock like and that. hardcore, and this is what I liked. However, when I was about nine, you could not grip this tape away from me. It was CNC in the music factory, gonna make you sweat, and I played that to the tape pop. So we're gonna go backwards. Um, The background vocals for that actually was Martha Walsh, which was one of the two tons of fun. So let's bring it on back. And then... um, I discovered disco when I and turned. She had hits of her own. Oh, in the absolutely! Club scene. Yeah. And, and the tons of fun girls became the the weather, weather girls. girls. Yeah. Yes. So I discovered Sylvester like maybe my I don't know around my late twenties. Oh. And I was okay. like, what? is this this yeah. is the most amazing whole, it was like a holy experience there can you I go. just share this it sure. was a holy experience and and Sylvester was a prodigy in the in the Pentecostal church and when he was a small child um, he sang in the choir and he was really um, known to, to be a good singer and um, however as he got older the his being like flamboyant and the high voice just do not work. It's cute when you're four, five, six, seven, eight, right, but when right, you're 15, right. the people start to go, what's wrong with that boy? Yeah. Especially then. Well, yeah. they, oh, well, they have already figured, it's not that they go, what's wrong with them? 
They know. They know. But they're not. They're, they're not cool. They're not down with that. It's not okay. And you know, there's a there's a saying that in that church is about being anointed. And right. Barry knows about yes. this. Yes, of course. And and I feel it. Like you cannot not listen to Sylvester and yeah. not feel something. You feel it with like um, Aretha Franklin. You feel yeah. it with like Gladys Knight, and yeah. you feel it with. Um, Patty LaBelle and these these Mahalia Jackson, you feel yeah. it like it gets you in your gut. So this it's is true. like this is like gut punching disco. Yeah, like, this is yeah. if I if I, I can. I think we shouldn't. You know the problem. The, the thing that turns people off is just the word disco. Because because you think of this like ABBA and the Bee Gees and right. you know right. all of this corny right. stuff, but you have to understand that disco is soul music. It comes from right. The it comes from people of color. It comes from the the gay scene. It comes yep. from women and. It, it it is punk rock. Like I will make I will make that. <laughs> sure. All right. All right. Well, it, well, it's certainly it's certainly before it became mainstream. It was cl- it was underground, just like uh, you know, right, right. underground yeah, rock definitely. and, and right. punk just rock. Just like work. that. Just, exactly. But it was just. And uh, Barry White had a great. I just found this quote by Barry White and about disco, and it was really to me it was a great quote because he said disco should have a new name. It shouldn't be called. It should have a a a nicer, like a prettier name. He right. said because disco made the consumer beautiful. The consumer was the star. Yeah, and that's like right. totally it because because rock bands and everyone people go to see their mm-hmm. rock bands play and see the stars. But with disco, they would play the music in the clubs and the people dancing. They were the right. stars. They were the stars. Right. They that's were right. what was beautiful. So that that's kind of cool, you know. Barry, good on Barry White. Yeah, we should do a Barry White record because <laughs> that guy was amazing right, too. Let's not get too carried away. But uh, yeah, and and it, for me with this, it really, it, like you said, it comes down to his voice and uh, deliver his delivery, mm-hmm. and you could tell that spirit. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, reading about him, uh, it was great because he never, he was never anyone that that like hid who he was. No. And he didn't even like. I remember reading he didn't like the term drag queen or anything because no. he just thought that's just how he is. That's right. what he wants. He was going to wear what he wants to wear. And in fact, he was on Joan Rivers in 1986, and she announced him and called him a drag queen. She looked at him and said, I'm Sylvester. And I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, right. Because he was Sylvester. Right. And you have to remember, this is like, when he came out, it was like 1978 is when this album came out. Right. And who was out? Who was out? Right, yeah. yeah. Who was out? Right. It Nobody. Was very, yeah. Right. Nobody. Well, think about, not even think about the people uh, you uh, know. And Liberace, you, even thought he was. <laughs> Liberace. <laughs> He's like, no, I'm Elton straight. Elton John. You had people, um, you know, yeah, who were true. still, didn't, it wasn't addressed, even though it was, you know, people were like, okay, yeah. I, I know and it's not a big deal, but it was. It was. It and was. He, was, he was so out that even in the end of his life, in 1988, when he was, he, when he was yeah. one of the, the folks that we lost yeah. um, to AIDS, yeah. he was still out. He was still announcing that he, sure. he was sick. And he even went to, they had like a gay pride in San Francisco. He was in a wheelchair and yeah. a beautiful silk robe yeah and nice good for him and speaking about it he was he was a face he was not afraid to be who he was yeah no matter what was going on not even our president was talking about aids at the time no and here he was that's right and a lot i mean that was before there was really any hope Mm -hmm. that was before in the medication or any sort of uh, treatments that were working were available. Yeah. So people, you just, it was, it was, it was a death a plague. Sense. It was it like was a, a plague. Death yes, yeah. it was a death He sense. was out, out yeah. and not proud, but out. You are yeah. going to see this and you, yeah. and it's okay. 
Yeah. That's why I love him. Yeah. <laughs> he is the ultimate beacon of, of self-acceptance, self-love, self-awareness. Right. Yeah. And um, absolute fabulousness. And unfortunately, <laughs> has, yeah, I mean, has now been gone for 30, 31 years, right? Mm-hmm. 1988. Okay, so what year, so when you, you got into disco, you said you were in late 20s. So what are we talking? What year are we talking? You I'm were not a punk saying. rock girl? Well, just give us a rough thing. We want <laughs> I just want to get an idea because when you, because now... Uh, like I said, back in the day when I was young, disco was just not cool. It was, if you were a rock that guy, is true. if you were a rock guy, yeah. you couldn't be into disco. That Remember is true. They, they, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, so they they like I had to hide. Those I had to hide records. my love. Remember when they destroyed yeah. the uh, disco records? At, yes, uh, and isn't that terrible? That that's that that is toxic masculinity. Well, it was at, also at, it was manufactured. It was a manufactured um, um, thing. It that was. disco sucks yeah. by because. It's a way to um, get people to go to rock and roll shows. Exactly. And I think it's the same strategy that people, the same people I think would be spewing today, make America great again. It's the same sort of like USA. It's it's the same sort of strategy. I think many music music bands have come around yeah. now to realize because right. a lot of I, adults when I'm listening to this, I realize oh, uh, a kraut rock, sort of the same yeah, idea. Exactly, it's a driving beat, craft work it's, it's, and can um, and all repetitive. That. Also, and New Order, of yes. course, yeah, it's oh disco. My God, that's, yeah, that's that's it's just disco. OMD. And, and this Patrick Cowley, who was responsible for yes, Patrick Cowley did a lot of the synths, and the he, synthesizer, and, and stuff. he was also responsible. Most of he cut his teeth making money. Um, Making the background music for gay porn. There you go. So you can thank gay porn for craft work and everything else. There you go. Right. Um, I'm sure craft work never saw any gay porn. (laughs) So, but also with Sylvester, I sort of realized that he, I mean, I don't think he was a, I I don't think he was into disco as much as you are, Bobby Joe. I agree. Right? Yeah. I agree. It it was something that that made him a star and helped him break out, but it wasn't his love was that, was that soul. Correct. Yes. Funk and and that gospel. That's why this album, that's why this album is sort of. Um, a dichotomy of, oh, it totally of you, where you think it's going to be just like an a, an album full of dance tracks. No, it actually slows down dramatically yeah. um, through like four out of the seven tracks are pretty exactly. much yeah. are, exactly. are um, much more um, reserved and held back. And it's like, I mean, listening to the same record, but yeah. you, but you know you are because you got his voice. You got yeah. his right. voice and also the girls, uh, Martha, uh, Martha, Martha Walsh and... Well, she went by Martha Zora Walsh. Rose. She was... Martha Walsh, Walsh, though, right? <laughs> but I think then she did she drop the L. I see her name listed as Martha Walsh in, in some earlier stuff. I don't know. I'm not sure if it's Maybe a, a Martha, misspelling. I always knew it was Martha Walsh and Isora Rhodes. Yep. Uh, I like to call them uh, two tons of fun two because tons they of embra- fun. they really they embraced that. And yeah, they, and that was fun. And they just uh, it seemed like watching some videos of them performing with them. It's just great. Yeah. It was like it's like so. That noise you hear in the background is uh, we're is printing out the month. No, it's we're, we're printing out the monthly reports here at the uh, um, the factory. There's so always the fun stuff going. going on at Barry's place. <laughs> All right, awesome. So you're so basically. Uh, see, I'm totally. I had no idea. I, Barry Barry knew you, Bobby Joe. I didn't know you were. I thought this was going to be. Oh, this is some woman who's been into disco since the '70s and stuff. But you're a punk rock girl that decided. You know what? This disco shit is more yeah. punk rock than yeah. than all the yeah. punk rock. Yep. And that's yeah. pretty cool. That's pretty sure badass. Is. Yeah, it is. So let's. Um, yeah. So let's start getting into this record proper. And like I said. Stick with us, people. If you're a rock guy, the first two songs on this record, especially, are very disco. 
They are. They're but they're great. Though, I well, mean, uh, the but first if you like, if you like, but see, the thing is, if you like, okay, so, you know, if you like Donna Summer, if you like New Gloria Order. Game. Well, New Order, especially this first song we're going to play now, I was, I was really, I'm listening to it. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, Blue Monday, that uh, New Order single, yeah, Blue course. Monday. Yeah, this is sure. the same beat. That's right. <laughs> Giorgio, sure Giorgio Moroder took this yes. same idea, mm-hmm. those pulsing synths, and he turns it into, uh, um, and uh, Sylvester, you know. All right, so let's just throw caution to the wind. Uh, me and ba- <laughs> by the way, I didn't mention it. Me and Barry are wearing silk shirts buttoned all the way down to our belly <laughs> And Bobby buttons. Joe brought a bottle of champagne, which we have now drained. Yeah, we're killing you. You should, really should have brought two bottles of champagne. <laughs> I should have. This one's just about over. Well, we'll hit the vodka next, so right, we're let's, good. Let's listen to a little of the opening track, You Make Me Feel Mighty Real. Once again, I can tell Barry does not want to stop the What song. an incredible track. Yes. He was actually on, on top of the table yeah. dancing. It's an amazing track. It's just <laughs> infectious, and the vocal is, you know, just all out of this world. Amazing. So you heard this. So you were when you discovered Sylvester, you, you, you had already sort of, you were getting into disco, and you mm-hmm. were just digging into it and finding artists and everything. Yeah. Yeah, because there's a deep well there. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. There's... But there's a, and, and there's bad stuff, too. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. oh, I can name oh, yeah. bad punk rock bands, like, That's you know, true. my hand along. That's an yeah. excellent point. Excellent point. <laughs> exactly. Now, are, uh, did you did you shift from one to the other? Like, do you, do you still listen to some punk rock at all? Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. When I'm okay. lifting weights, it's you cannot get better than the Chromags when you're yeah. lifting weights. It does not get any better. New York hardcore. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I don't lift weights, but I feel like if I did, I would listen to this song. <laughs> Me, I would, too. If I had to do any sort of, yeah, anytime I have to do any sort of exercise, I look for something, uh, Upbeat to uh, keep myself going, yeah, but not the Chromax. Not, not good for squats too. <laughs> All right. So this, uh, one, this starts out when we're out there dancing on the floor, darling, and I feel like I need some more, and I feel your body close to mine, and I move on, love. It's about that time. Yeah. So uh, we all know what he's singing about, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> the Bible. Yeah, that's right. You make me feel mighty. Well, the thing that I thought was um, cool about this was that your ordinary life you know is um fake and then you're out on the dance floor and you're with this person and maybe your ordinary life in in like in fact people like sylvester not sylvester sylvester was out but had to conceal who they are right but when you're out there on the dance floor you make me feel mighty real you make me feel like i i get to be who i i really am so it's an it's 
it seems like you know it's just a trite dance lyric, but it's not. There's a message there that's that's a little little more pointed than well, you, you one, initially think. There aren't there isn't there, there aren't going to be a lot of lyrics to dig into that much, but there's one no, thing here. No, it's, it's want, disco. It's pretty. But there's pretty one thing I want to ask you about, Barry, though, because in the second verse he says, "When we get home, darling, and it's nice and dark, and the music's in Vienna." What does he mean by that? And the music's in I, Vienna. Maybe Strauss? And they're listening to some Strauss? I don't know. Music's in maybe Vienna. Maybe they're bringing it down. They're not listening Jesus when they're home. Vienna. They're not listening. Uh, because later, the songs in here, I, uh, the, the like the Sweet Soul songs, I'm thinking, oh, okay, this is for after the disco. Oh, yeah, for like, sure. Yeah. Disco. Yeah. Definitely. Well, I actually thought about that, too, the way the record sequenced in that if you're Sylvester and you're doing this album and you want to think about people listening to it at home... And dancing to it at home, and then you want to have the part where you're just, you know, sitting on the couch with your your soulmate. Boo. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right, so let me now. I'm going to ask you. I know uh, you're a huge fan, Bobby Joe, and you and you know uh, Sylvester. Did you know? I, I wonder if I could find a little factoid in the video for this, the 1977 video. There's a short. Do you know who's in there? Who's like a who's has a short appearance in there? Someone. Oh, it's the uh, the curly hair guy. Um, no, no, it's a woman. A cozy uh, fan to, um Oh, really? From cozy Throbbing fan Gristle? From Throbbing Gristle <laughs> briefly appears as one of the female dancers <laughs> wearing right. very short silver hot pants. Oh, oh right. I didn't know that. And where was Cozy Fantuti? Where was she? England. They're British. They were British uh, Throbbing Gristle. And they, I didn't realize they went back that far. They were back like the mid-70s. But how did, how did first Cozy Fantuti end up in the Sylvester uh, 70, video? It was 1977, and I don't know, maybe they she had in London? short... The, huh? How did, you know, did they film the video in London? Um, that I don't know, but it's or definitely maybe, her. Yeah, <laughs> no, Throbbing Gristle goes way back, but yeah. the fact that she's in it is kind of amazing. It's amazing. I thought it was, too. And I'm like, whoa, look at that. So, yeah, yeah. see, it's all, it's all just music, right. people, right? Yeah. It's all music. And, um, all right, so that's awesome. So that, so do you, like, is there anywhere you can go dance now? Disco? Do you go disco dancing? Or yes. You really, can you? So there is a, this, it's, it's kind of like the cocoon when you go there. It is... On Witten, on Witten, um, Milton Manors. Yep. Um, it's called the... Uh, Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the cubby hole or the ramrod. Okay. It's, um, not that there's anything wrong with yes, either of those Not that places. there's anything wrong with either one of those. Places. No, it's yeah. called... Um, oh, goodness. What's it called? It used to be called Boom. It is, it is so cute because many of the, the folks that are there are, you know, well into their Medicare age. But oh. when, they're, when they're dancing... <laughs> yeah. They are, they can dance all night. They're back. Yeah. They're back. Uh, they are back. They're dancing on speakers. Yeah. yeah. And it is glorious. Good and and um, it's called Hunters. Awesome. And the DJs that are there are actually from the Paradise Garage. They're from Studio 54. Oh, awesome. So you're getting the real yeah. disco Hunters music. and Wilton Manor. It's fantastic. It's That's Sunday awesome. night. I can't go out to work on Mondays, but um, it is really, really great. Okay. Um, they're... I was I was actually hoping Hunter, so we're going to be coming in for some free drinks because of this endorsement by Bobby right. Joe. Yeah. Well, Rob and I are going to swing right, by. I'll come. I'll come. Yeah, why not? I'll come. Why not? We'll do a podcast. I would right. actually like to somehow connect Sylvester with the community because I like Peter, when I meet people that ha- have met Sylvester, yeah. they always have a story. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Everybody has a story. Right. So- yeah. Somehow how Sylvester has impacted their life and they don't 
have anyone to share with but me. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah. At some point, I would like to connect the dots. And, and I hoped at one point I really would like to make a children's book about Sylvester. Oh, that'd be awesome. Um, Mr. B, the Fabulous Dragonfly. <laughs> That's um, awesome. You've, you've, you've worked put this thought out. into this. It's, yeah. it's, on, it's, it's up and coming, and it's been up and coming for years. You're a but doer. You'll get, right, we'll get it, it done. All right, so let's get into this next track. I'm sure this is a song that would probably fit in uh, there, definitely. This let's listen to a little of dance. In parentheses, disco heat. Yeah. You got a match? The fabulous clothes. Look at all the fabulous people. You want to dance? Yes, I'd love to. Let's party a little bit. All right. Now the interesting thing about that is that for a disco song, that has a lot of parts. That it has a lot of different little elements that all it does get, it does get um, added together there in a very short period of time. Yeah, and there's some funky. There's a lot of really funky bass playing and drumming, and and I appreciate that there is. But you could, I think, this one is a live drummer actually playing. It oh no, they're like all it. these are all live drummers, well, man. The first, I don't know that the first one. I don't Dude, know. Dude, it, it was like 1978. I there's guess. no, I I mean, guess. There's, you know, and if you watch the live tracks, there's a very few live tracks uh, of Sylvester performing um, with the band with and with the uh, two tons of fun. And they're actually live tracks. They're actually not lip syncing. Um, oh, okay. But I mean, they're, they're, I mean, these guys are these guys are playing their ass off, and um, you know, being a disco drummer, that was a, that's a tough gig because a lot of what you're doing is you're keeping a steady beat, and the beat is fast, and you don't get to do a lot of fills. But then all of a sudden, you have to pay attention and wait for a change that's just you know comes like that. You really have to be on top of things. So there's a lot of parts in this. I will say this has it. If, if you don't like disco, this song has just about every disco cliche. It does. And it's got that little, it's got that little synth run that's in the back. Yeah. And that's really, that appears and throughout the song. And it, at first you're like, eh, that's kind of annoying. And then you realize, okay, you're on the dance floor and this is playing and it's loud. Right. And that, you know, you've had a few drinks and that sound is just sort of, Cool. Well, then, if, yeah, and also then it was probably like now you've, you've heard it on so it was probably lifted so much and, and so oh, many right. cliches. Uh, yeah, I'm sure this songs. has been sampled. It probably doesn't yeah. have the same impact that it did then. Where it's like, oh, yep. listen to that. <laughs> yeah, for real, sure. Um, yeah, working on my feet in the disco heat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one's pretty. It was pretty straightforward. And this song, so this song actually written by Eric Robinson and Victor Osborne. Yeah. Osborne, which were big. Uh, yeah. Uh, Yep. Writers and they and they have one other song that they also wrote that's on here. Yeah, um, yeah. So, 
this is this is a song I feel like it, it's made for people to dance. To. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Well, first two songs you gotta you can't slow it down right away. You gotta definitely hit them with you know two up front. But then they did. But then yeah, let's get song now three. We get, the reprise. Right, the reprise. But which? All right, let's let's, let's do it a little first. This let's is do you it, make man. me feel mighty real. They call it e- e- epilogue. Uh, yeah. Make me feel mighty real. Let's, let's, How his song, this song originally was. Mm-hmm. This is original. Uh, it was originally like this, and someone obviously heard it and said, "Oh, we could make this into like a monster dance song," which right. they did. Mm-hmm. Right. But I feel like this is probably his, you know, version that he probably. I think preferred. so. Yeah, and it's got a. Um, it's got a. Uh, I'd say there's a. There's a, I'd say there's a gospel overtone or yeah. undercurrent. Like you want to, you want to sway and and you want to sway and you want to like hum. A spiritual, mm-hmm. um, uplifting. You know, it starts. It's a, it's an ascending chord change that um, is gives it a, you know, that sort of a um, feeling of being, you know, in a good church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this and this is like sort of a shortened version of it. It's basically just. Uh, Repeating it, but it's just got a really good groove to it, and uh, the playing on it is very subdued, but mm-hmm. uh, but really good. Incredible yeah. vocals in the oh, in the background yeah. vocals. Oh yeah, him and the girl singing is just like money. This is ma- magic. Yeah, yeah. It's magic. It is. Yeah. The, you can't say anything else about that. And uh, all right, so we go from that this little sweet little reprise, and then we go into we go right back into disco. Yep. Uh, with grateful, let's hear a little bit of grateful. Again, some very funky, com- funky playing there. Right? Some very complex chord changes in there. Yes. Some not stops. Not straightforward. It's got some jazz changes in there that uh, are not, you know, that would uh, put it above the um, ordinary um, sort of funk. Uh, yeah, uh, James, James Brown's. Well, uh, James Brown. Yeah, but James Brown. The, there were some changes in there that are more. Um, I was thinking you know, more the, McCoy Tyner than um, oh, James Brown. <laughs> oh, so. I would like to. I don't know. Yeah, no, just like the, harmonically, the, the way it moves is, is, um, is very interesting. Um, and I dig it. You know, I think well, it's great. What am I, and at it's the fast. Beginning, well, this is a quick, 
a really up tempo one. And it's got that uh, guitar, that fast drumming guitar. What, yeah. What is that, Barry? Because it, it reminded me of something else. And what am I? Is it like? Is it Shaft or what is it? Something well, yeah. Like, I mean, that's the you know. It's it's used a lot in a lot of songs, but something in particular it just reminded me of. I'll have to. uh, You know what I'm talking about, though. I I do. Fast guitars. Yeah, fast. um, Which is cool. So it's disco. Maybe a little too disco for me, just because I I get triggered. I feel like I get triggered. You get triggered. Okay. Oh, I see. (laughs) Well, hey, you know, I I can't help it. So Um, that song you can actually soul clap to. Oh yeah. And keep the rhythm. I couldn't find much information. What were you saying about so, this? So this song was actually used in a really great art piece by um, Mark Bradford. And the the roller skating rink in New York City, the, the Roxy, mm-hmm. when it closed down, he um, got all the wheels from the skates. Uh, all of the wheels. It's a beautiful, beautiful piece, uh-huh. if you can find it. Okay. He um, got all the skate wheels, and he did a, 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 a zoom in, and he had all of the wheels bouncing into each other to this song <laughs> oh, to as, cool. as if they were meeting like lovers on the dance floor. Cool. And it was, it was a beautiful, beautiful piece. Grateful. It's a disco. You, you can figure out the lyrics. He's grateful. And He's grateful. It's a dance. It's a song for dancing. It's up-tempo. It's got great chord changes. You know, it I'm going to beat the like Dick Clark. You can, it's got a great beat and you can dance to it. So um, are we going to take our, uh, yeah, yeah. our, take our pause? Little, uh, pause. I'm going to try and silence my phone again, which never seems to work. And uh, <laughs> we're here with Bobby Joe talking about the great Sylvester. And we'll be back with That Record Got Me High in That record got me high is proud to be sponsored by Is This Tomorrow. Is This Tomorrow is a weekly web comic produced by Woody Compton and Kelly Shane and featuring the bizarre antics taking place at the Zorro News Channel. Is This Tomorrow is available at isthistomorrow.com. That's isthistomorrow.com. That record got me high, and Is This Tomorrow bring you Peter Castillo discussing his memories of working with Sylvester. He had learned to create his own costumes from nothing. Yeah, fantastic. We were punks. We were kids. Yeah. But this is... This is what, what, what made it so amazing, is that he created something out of nothing, literally. Yeah. Something yeah. that you can find in a garbage can. Yeah. And, and, and a glue. So, you know, all you need is a glue. And then I think it picked up on our amazement. And, and, and this was the, probably the thing that, that, in, that inspired me the most, is when he looked at us, lit up a cigarette, and said, girls... All you need is a mind. <laughs> yeah. You know, he, he, he was black. He was he yeah. was androgynous. He, you know, he was gay. He was all the things that that really marginalized us. Yeah. And then and, gro- and, growing and, up, Pente- you know, growing up Pentecostal, there's definitely no acceptance. Well, that was the other thing. He was he was Christian, you know, and 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 he came from. This is where he developed his falsetto, by the way. In the chorus uh, at church, right? because yeah. you know this is what this was his 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 this is where his his singing came from. This is why he sings with so much soul. Uh, yeah. This is what made him so real, so mighty real. If yeah. I yeah yeah uh, <laughs> uh, that that he was able to to if you listen to his music, 
you can hear the passion and the pain uh, in, 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 his, in his music. Sure. Uh, yeah, yes. we danced to it and we jumped to it. And, and we, you know, we had we, we had a wonderful time to it. But there are some songs, and and to me, he, you know, at one point, um, he, he he was humming "You Are My Friend." Yeah, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with this track. Yeah, and and there was so much love, passion, pain. There were all these emotions rolled into a song yeah. that that he sang from his heart. Um, and that's the side of, of, of Seal, uh, Lady Dooney, as his mother used to call him, uh. and very few of his friends, Lady Dooney, uh -huh. um, that not everybody got to see, not everybody got to, yeah. to, to, to appreciate. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, he, he, he was flamboyant, and, and he loved to spend money, and, yeah. and, and, and you know, he, he had to have the best of this and the best of that. But... Even though he could afford to pay a seamstress to create his his wardrobe, he did his own. Yeah, you know he was up all night, yeah. uh, sewing away beads and and rhinestones and sequences and 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 all this flashy stuff, so that when he would be on stage, um, what he was wearing was was what he wanted to 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 represent him. That was the most precious moment that I'll cherish forever and ever. There were others, but that 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 first encounter you've heard first impressions are everlasting. Yes. Well, that was my first impression that ever lasts. Yeah. And I cherish because it was inspiring, guys. And Bobby Joe, it was it was it was um, stirring. It was heartfelt. It was genuine. It was real, and and when you think about all the all, all that he went through and how he got to where he got, right? But but when you when you those intimate moments uh, when we, when I would be at Harvey Milk's, he had a uh, the, the camera store on Castro Street, uh, and, and Sylvester would walk in, and you hear the little cling cling bell at the door when he opened <laughs> uh, that announced somebody was coming in, and it would be him, and and he would hug you. He felt warm. It was beautiful, and, and sometimes he didn't even say anything. He he would just hug you. He didn't need to say anything. Yeah. He said everything when he hugged you. He didn't have to impress anybody. He didn't have to put on any any airs. He was just relaxed. Uh, and and this is when he was at his best. This is when you really got to feel his love and compassion. Because it was very right. compassionate. And I, and I, okay. very, very I love compassionate. And I love that story that yeah, you, that, that that's you shared. Fantastic. And I thank you so much for sharing that. Yes. All right. And, and, and again, congratulations for you. you know, for the opportunity um, to share with the world all of this. And and, and Bobby Joe for, for uh, thinking of me and, and, and asking me to, to to share with you uh, that, that little moment, that, that yeah. little time capsule that I that I, I cherish so much so thank you guys i bye really bye. love it and, thank and you very much bye-bye all right carry on bye-bye thanks we're back all right we're back once again welcome everyone back to that record got me high that is barry stock that is rob elba and we're here with our special guest 
Bobby Joe just gave us a wonderful little factoid about Sylvester. What did, what did, you, what did you say? Oh, um, Mighty Real has been inducted into the, uh, the Library of Congress. That's awesome. It is a significant historical... Document? Record? Record. Yeah. I feel like he's still, for, in reading about everything, he still hasn't gotten as much recognition as oh, he should have, not. right? Yeah, absolutely he's not. not. He's still remaining, although maybe, he would, maybe he'd appreciate that because he still sort of remains this cool un- underground figure that had some disco hits, but still, I'm sure there's plenty of people Sylvester that don't know about him. I think Sylvester would have liked to have been highly celebrated. I guess, yeah. yeah right. Had Sylvester lived, <laughs> yes. I suspect Sylvester would be held in very high acclaim currently, so... I would hope so, but we're, we're, you're, uh, Bobby Joe's doing her job to keep the flame alive. She sure is. And now we're going to get into the next song on this record, and this is another um, sweet, beautiful little soul yeah, song yeah. Com- it's called... I- Song is beautiful. What you you wouldn't think? It's almost like is this the same record I'm right. listening to? Because it's well, it's got some '70s production um, things right off the bat. The flutes. It's got the <laughs> oh, flutes. Oh, it's wonderful. It's like waterbeds <laughs> and shag carpeting. It's and, yes. yes. Yeah. The the dual the dual flutes and everything. <laughs> I was like lush. Well, it makes sense when because who's sure. the song by? Who wrote the song? I don't know who wrote the song. Burt fucking Bacharach oh, and Hal David. This yeah, is the Burt Bacharach and okay, Hal David yes, song. Yep. Uh, but it's crazy because the, the the lyrics seem eerily like autobiographical, like he could have written them. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, I don't. It probably wasn't chosen accidentally, right? Because he says, "Knowing the way the wind was going to blow, that was the way that I'd be going. Too afraid to stand alone, too unsure to ever make my mind up. Following the crowd was where I'd wind up." <laughs> That's him. He sort of, yeah. disco was big. He sort of, you know, he did that, and that's where he'd wind up. Isn't that, isn't, isn't that crazy? Well, have we, have we, talk, we talked about it off mic earlier, but I don't know if we talked about it. Did we talk about the fact that he, he seemed to, disco was the vehicle, Correct. but not his yeah. true passion. albums after this weren't really. Uh, no, they, they, they were, were more, they were, I mean, it, it sort of changed also to be like high energy as well right, and, and a little right, bit poppy. Right, right, right. And there was a time where I, I think they, you know, he was trying to be like a Teddy Pendergrass or like, yeah. you know. Trying to make money. I mean, he's yeah, not, you know, course. a purist. Yeah, of course. But you can't, um, you can't, you can't fault. But uh, no, I, I think he saw an opportunity with disco, and I'm going to take it. And uh, he did a great job. Right. right. And just his voice, you can't state enough, too, when you listen to this and you hear Prince. Oh, Prince had to be a fan oh, yeah. of this guy, Yes. Right? Yeah, I every, mean, yeah. Great. Obviously, Prince was amazing and a musical genius, but also you listen to this. He doesn't come from go, nothing. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm sure Beck, Beck probably heard a few Sylvester records, too. Okay, so now, even though Bird, uh, 
Bacharach wrote this song. The last ones that sound like gospel, like they're from Sylvester's gospel roots, because he's talking about uh, just like the tide keeps. Well, did Burt Bacharach and Hal David write it for Sylvester, or is this just one from their catalog? Yeah, no, I think I it's from their catalog. I would assume it's from their catalog. Okay. And yeah. Other people, yeah, other people have done it, but he did, and and he also uh, changed the arrangement. He he like yeah. arranged it, and it's okay. a little different than other versions. Because he also did another song. Um, he did Southern Man. Wow. And it is, if you want to listen Wait, to... Southern Man what? The Neil Young The Neil Young song. Really? Not on this album, <laughs> but on his first album. When I he want was to with, immediately go listen to When that. he was with the hot band, he did Southern Man. And you want to listen to a six foot, I don't know, a six foot something, a six foot something gay black man I singing do. Southern Man. I do yeah. want to it hear is, that. <laughs> Fantastic. I think yeah. that's going to be on the. I think we're going to stick that in here somehow. That sounds so, amazing. Yeah, I'm going to find that. Southern. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, so, because at the end of this, he's saying, oh, but then I took my strength from you. I had none. I had none. And then I took my strength from you. You think like a gospel thing, like they're singing, mm-hmm. they're talking about Jesus, but I don't think he's no, talking about it. He's I not think, no. you know. I, I think mean, he, you know, who knows? Because. You have characters in in popular music like Little Richard, who was flamboyant and gay, obviously, but who vacillate. But between... denied it to the end. <laughs> Till the end. And denied vac- it yeah. to the end. Well, Little Richard's he's still alive, so but he vacillates. Every time you say that, I say, is he? <laughs> Little Richard is still alive. <laughs> vacillates between rock and roll and being flamboyant. Uh, uh, you know, performer and going back. I'm gonna be preaching and. He has not, he's not able to. And so Sylvester, I would imagine, you know, you grew up Pentecostal. Some of his feelings are still in there. And you, that, some of that tension drives what you do. Correct. Um, And I think it's also, even though it's a point of pain for him because he was sort of, you know, ushered out, it's also a point of comfort. I mean, it's his life and yeah. the way he grew of, up. Yeah, it's part it's, of who, it's who, who he is. is. It's who like, you know. So now we're going to get into my favorite. This is probably my favorite song. Yeah. Oh, record. nice. I love this song. Pretty great. Was it just the, the dialogue and the back and forth? Let's listen to a little bit of it. But I would listen. This is, I listen to the whole goddamn thing right now. Listen yeah, yeah. To, was it something that I see? Oh, yeah. a great song. Good choice. By Sylvester breaking up. Uh uh-uh, uh, he done broke up with the um... girl. It's a mess. Uh oh, you gotta tell me about this. How did he one. tell you better than I can? Sylvester, tell me about this, please, honey. Girl, I'm in the dark just like you. I really don't know what happened. I got this letter and I ran to the telephone. And it was disconnected with no referral. Was it something that I said? Was it something that I said? Was it something that you heard? Yeah, so great. <laughs> Fantastic! It must. I just. I picture them doing this in the studio. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> and yeah, you can hear him like laughing a little oh, in the background yeah. when they're talking. Of course, I think it's very real. Child, have you heard? But you know, of course, they say Sylvester. He broke up with, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. Then <laughs> who? They don't say who Sylvester broke up with. Honey, because they're not pretending. The thing is, because they're not there is pretending. a pre- tradition of gay performers. Mm-hmm. Substituting female names right, for right, right. We have done some records where we know that that's a, an occurrence, and it's all oh, right. 
because they wouldn't have been accepted otherwise. Of course. Yeah. And, right. and which is and which is nuts, but that's yeah. that's the deal. But they're just playing around. They're playing around with. Oh yeah. And I could just listen to him forever talking Fantastic. about. Fantastic. He's like, uh, <laughs> girl, I'm I'm in the dark just like you. Yeah. You know, I don't girl. know. <laughs> I got this letter. And <laughs> yeah. I ran to the telephone. And then I love after he does that, and then he sings in his like man voice, his masculine voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Was it something? Yeah. He's uh, so great. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's... Uh, Sylvester's confused. Like, <laughs> like what happened? <laughs> yeah. I get the feeling that Sylvester was usually on the I'm breaking up with you side of the equation. I would hope so. He yeah, maybe. <laughs> Don't you think that's a possibility? Who knows? Maybe. Um, so uh, when, did he, when did he pass? What year? 1988. Oh, wow. So long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And at the height of, you know. Absolutely. When people were, you know, every week it was, you know. So if you, 78 was when this record was made. Yes. And within 10 years. Gone. Gone. Yeah. So everything, yeah. Wow, and that's He right. performed on Joan Rivers' show in 1986. Right. right. Within two years he was gone. Right. Wow. And his, his partner at the time became ill and died very quickly after... Correct. Right after they got together. Right, yeah. and Within uh, a year. Yeah. So, um, you know, AIDS, it's, it's hard to think about now just how many people died and how many people... Mm-hmm. Because um, there was just no treatment. There no. was no... And they weren't talking about it. it that's, right, exactly. That's, that's the key point, is there, nobody was talking about no. it. Yeah. And it was somehow taboo. it was taboo. It was a it was a gay disease, right? Which um, right things didn't change until it's got into the straight community, and correct. then it, oh, now we have to pay attention. Correct. To and and really, it was because of the act up and the really kick ass fierceness of yeah. these these people that were fighting for their lives. Yep. And you can't tell me that's not punk. Where where sure. they were oh, literally yeah. chaining themselves. Yep. Make yourself, At the front door. Yep. Make yourself an a nuisance. Make yourself be heard, and um, I love that spirit. I absolutely yeah. adore it, and I, I. Um, you know what? That's what it took to get things done for people to pay attention. And I, I think you, it, it's uncomfortable to talk about this, but I think it's so important because it, it was part of the time frame. It was. It absolutely was part of the time frame. Yeah. So you have people that were dancing in discos but dying the next day. Yeah. Sure. Oh yeah. But like, I think I, I don't know if I, you know, I had a cousin that, um, you know, he found out he was, uh, he had AIDS or HIV positive mm-hmm. and he was dead in two weeks because at the time the stigma was so grim that if, if, if you thought you were sick, you might wait until you absolutely, absolutely knew, knew you were sick. And, and I think, um, this happened for Sylvester too. Where I, there's some documentation that you know he wasn't going to get an AIDS test because why would I spend two dollars or ten dollars for something that I already know? I already know, I already know what's going to happen. Yeah, oh, right. And um, this, what's interesting is that this new generation that's coming up didn't grow up with with AIDS. Right. They d- didn't see it on. Well, they didn't grow up with it as a death sentence. And, and they didn't see it on TV. They didn't right. see it on. You know, we we grew up with it, seeing it on sure. Oprah and, and sure. Maury Povich right, and all right. these things. But you don't see this this thing. 
Um, there's a great new series out called Pose. Okay. Fan. Fantastic. Yeah, I think I've actually seen it. It's on some. FX. Okay. It's um, Ryan Murphy, the guy who made American Horror Stories and Glee. Yep. I don't know a better way to tell the story than what they've been doing. Oh, and really? Okay. Bringing, oh, in, bringing in that um, community of, of what really happened. Yeah, and what, What's right. beautiful is be, you become invested in these characters. Right. And you They're learn, not just characters. They're real people that... Uh, they're yeah. real people. I mean, they're based on real people, but sure. it, you you become invested and you also um, kind of you buy into them. It's yeah. a great series. I recommend it. And All right. um, awesome. I just realized. Uh, I just realized, uh, Bobby Joe, you're wearing a t-shirt. You're wearing yeah. a Sylvester, Sylvester shirt. shirt. I love that. When the guests like <laughs> really, it's got some great. <laughs> some I recognize the font. It's got a great they sort of disco it. font on there. Yeah. So this is my t-shirt that I made, and it's my my mighty real hero. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, and I, I wear this um, whenever I can. All right. Awesome. We should put that up on uh, uh, Redbubble so people can buy uh, the Sylvester My Mighty Real Hero yeah. shirt. Just to be clear, me and Barry are going to keep all the money. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So let's get into the final song on this record. Uh, this is the beautiful Just You and Me. Forever. Yeah. Disco haters, which which I got, which I still am. Yeah, sort we're of gonna one. hear about. But we I, are gonna hear about you, this. But one. I hope you guys stuck it out to this last song because yeah. how could anyone hate that, Barry? It's fantastic it's stuff. Fantastic. It's fantastic. Really His voice is like butter. That it falsetto is, it's, it's great. is so, and not just. And the arrangements are great harmonically. They're this one's interesting. got just a piano and the organ. And there's some simple. gospel. There's some gospel organ in there. You hear that yes. organ in there? That's there's no mistaking. That that is a gospel organ. That's just the right stops yes, are pulled exactly. out. You exactly. know? Okay, Barry. Right at the beginning, though, what is that little piano flourish? Did you recognize that? It sounded like the Boomtown Ruts. I it don't like does. Mondays, and exactly. which came out a year later. Yeah, I don't. I just. I'm it's gonna call a that pian- act- a pianist does. Yeah. Yes. Just, but it's very. When I first, I was I, trying to place it, and I thought, man, that sounds really familiar. It's the beginning of I don't like Mondays, yeah. which is. And this was originally done by Jerry Butler. Okay. Has a version of it, but this is this version is much better than Jerry Butler's yeah, version. Yeah, it's, it's pretty. <laughs> Sorry, great. Jerry. Jerry's That's great. Jerry's good. He was a good singer and a great singer, but this this just kills. You really could rearrange this record into disco side and soul side. Mm-hmm. Yes, you could. And I'm sure the reason and they didn't want to do that because then that kind of. People get disappointed when they get to side two, and it's all soul. It's going to disappoint someone. Either side one's going to disappoint someone, or side two's going to disappoint someone. <laughs> right, but it does. It splits pretty much down the middle. You could do that, and um, now, uh, Bobby Joe, nothing disappoints you on this, though, right? Even no. though you're such a big disco fan, but this is all. No. Uh, yeah. This is your jam. I love it. It is. It's so good. Um, 
Yeah, and it's got the, uh, and, and it's just a nice change from the spacey synths and everything, which oh, are sure. cool, but like I said, they, they've been done so much after this that you, right. you just hear it. But it this, was new, it, when it was, it was new in 1978, but right, you know. Right, right. And just there, uh, towards the end, when they're singing Martha and Evzora and him, or the yeah. intertwined vocals at the end, it's just beautiful. Yeah. And it is. So this, re- as when Barry told me we were doing this record, at first I was like, Sylvester and I heard of him, and then I, I listened to it, and I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, yeah. how are we going to do this? Right. What right. have you done, Barry? Yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah. no, I just, uh, you know, there's, uh, so we all have our... Everybody have, has their... We all have our things, but um, yeah. Bobby Joe brought pizza-flavored combos, I must say. She a delicious did. and champagne. Stuffed snack. She's in our top five guests just by bringing stuff, I think. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, John Camacho brought flowers, which were nice, but... Can't eat fucking could... flowers, dude. <laughs> no, we didn't eat them. <laughs> um, but yeah. So Sorry, John. Thank you, uh... Thank you so much yes, for being our guest. Oh, thank you for uh, having me. This record, yeah, yeah, this was awesome. And like I said, I hope people, I hope people gave it a shot. Obviously, some people won't. Some people. Uh, There'll be some gonna, skips, but you know what? That's on whatever. them, man. Screw you. That's we're not about. We're not yeah. about that record that you know that you think is cool made me high. Exactly. We're about, thank you. This is you know <laughs> you, we bring it all right. Mm-hmm. We and do. Bobby Joe brought it. She did. This is mine. Thank you so much. Um, so Barry. what are we doing next week, Rob? Well, wait, before that, I want to give a quick okay. shout out to our buddy and former uh, That Record Got Me High guest, Cheetah Chrome, who is on the mend. And, uh, Excellent. He's, he's, I'm going to say Cheetah Chrome's not going to listen to this episode. You are, no, he might. The, oh, yeah, this one. No, he's definitely not. Oh, no. But that's all right. He's the, the, the Dead Boys European Tour is back on. And, all right. And he just played Burger... Uh, Boogaloo, and you know who's playing guitar with him now? James Williamson was playing guitar. At the well, all right. So, I guess James is, you know. And I saw he's not killer. touring, so James needs something to I do. I saw them do a killer version of um, some student, yeah, uh, Search and Destroy. Uh, it was pretty awesome. So uh, yeah. good on you, Cheetah. I'm glad you're feeling better. Yeah, next week. Maybe we're doing a different class by Pulp, which is uh, it's yes, a great awesome record. record, a great record. I'm excited. May- I say maybe because the last time we were supposed to do it, we bumped up something else, and we may have to bump it again. We'll see. We'll see. But don't forget, uh, after that, uh, Wednesday, July 24th is our one-year anniversary live at Laser Wolf. We've got yes. special guest. I'm going to tell tell everyone right now, Juan Montoya. We're going to yes. be talking about Kiss Destroyer, <laughs> and we're going to be. This is a first for that record. Got me. We're going to be playing some songs. We're going to play yes, some kiss songs. Some Me, kiss Barry, songs. and Juan are going yeah. to do some kiss songs. Yeah. We're going to be drinking some beers. It's going to be a lot of fun. So Wednesday, July 24th at Laser Wolf. Come out. Uh, once again, don't forget. Uh, we Get up. Everybody's going to leave their seat. Get yeah. down. <laughs> <laughs> you got to lose your mind. That's right. <laughs> Um, don't forget our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash TRGMH. Yeah. Uh, email us at TRGMH33 at gmail.com. Yep. Get us on Facebook.com forward slash That Record Got Me High. And Instagram us at, at that, re- that Record Got Me High. We're, it's not we're hard to find of, us. No, we're getting a lot of new Instagram Instagram people, and that's always fun. I, I have no idea what that means or if it's, it's good, good, but uh, it's fun. It's good. It's fun. Uh, and thanks again, Bobby Joe, for being yes, our guest. Yes, thank you. Did you have a good yeah. time? I feel like Yeah, this was awesome. Good. Let me just say that I didn't know what to expect. These folks have notes. They have printed, typed yeah. notes. Thank you. This is thank a professional operation. <laughs> All right, well, let's not get carried away. And... <laughs> 
semi, right. this is a semi-professional operation. There you no. Go. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank that. you. We appreciate that. Thank All you right. for having me. So once again, that is Barry Stock. And that is Rob Elba. That record got me high. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>